Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. We're here studying the Word, hanging out, and having a lot of fun. Enjoy doing it. Um, today's conversation continues where we left off yesterday with 1 Corinthians chapter 5, when Paul is calling the church to check their hearts, not only dealing with the sin at play here, but the sexual morality and the, the greed and the slander and all that, but, but now he's looking at it going, you have to take responsibility for it. And the reason why is when, when Jesus says in Matthew 7, again, mm-hmm. like, hey, do not judge or you two will be judged. Yeah. What he's talking about there is not having a judgmental spirit that is like, I'm superior mm. to you. I'm looking down on you. I am up here. You're down there. I'm better. You're worse. I'm greater. You're less than. Jesus is like, no, that, that attitude, mentality, and heart right. posture has no place in the kingdom of God. So today, when we bump into conflict with friends and family, yeah. specifically with Christians that are living out these things, yeah. we can wave mm-hmm. the white flag of, I don't want to be a judgmental person just to avoid the conflict and the tension. Mm -hmm. Then what happens if we do that is sin just continues to fester. And like last chapter when Paul says, don't let like the the leavened bread grow in the yeast infect Mm -hmm. the whole thing. That's what happens when we shy away from confrontation Mm. and out of love saying, hey, like this isn't helpful. Come on, let's go back the way of Jesus as we're mindful of our own sin as well. Totally. So I, I give all of that as a kind of a precursor to the rest of the conversation today, because it kind of picks up where we left off. So yeah. I'll read the first couple of verses and I'll turn it back over to you, Bobby. Okay. It says, if any of you has a dispute with one another, do you dare take it before an ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will judge angels? And how much more the things of this life. Hmm. Lots of talk of judgment. What's yeah. happening? Well, so what's going on is there's people inside the church in Corinth that are taking other they're taking other people inside the church yeah. to court and they're kind of not resolving things or not trying to resolve things within the body. And so that's actually biblical that comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount also, where he says, Hey, Try to go directly to the person if you have a dispute. If that doesn't work, bring in someone else. If that doesn't work, bring in the elders. Then go before, you mm-hmm. know, the church. And that's just not playing out in the church and court. Instead, they're just going right to the court and saying, hey, you know, this person hurt me and this is what I deserve. And it's pretty vindictive. And so, number one, why that's so harmful for the church in Corinth and really for just the body is because it's so divisive. Yeah. Like we're bringing these issues that could potentially be issues that are um, that are singular to the church, meaning like they're not something that maybe like Paul uses the language ungodly, that these people on the outside in a secular world and a pagan world would even understand or yeah. have the knowledge to judge. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it can be really divisive and it can totally take away from the mission. Mm-hmm. If you look at the mission of the church, it was all about unity. If you look at the early church in Acts, it was, you know, people giving their stuff for one another. It was people selling their stuff to give it away for yeah. one another, taking care of each other. So it completely takes away from the mission. Well, another one. Yeah, I was going to say, well, the other thing that kind of kicked came to my mind is it implies that the church isn't like smart enough or wise enough to figure out these issues on their own. It's like, sure. oh, we need outside help because we, we're not, I don't know, wise enough or smart enough to figure out how to 
unpack the situation and make it right. Sure. Yeah. So that's another one that came to my mind. And that's also, I think for people, because is, I think the thought of that isn't unhelpful. Like there's times where we need to reach out and we need help from the outside because of what's going on. I don't yeah. think that's the unhelpful thought. What is unhelpful is, hey, we're a new church. Instead mm-hmm. of taking ownership and actually dealing with the problems that we need to deal with, we're just going to account on, you know, the outside people, these other folks to deal with it. So again, kind of like a little bit of a blind eye mentality. And then another one is when Paul's talking about how we will judge someday, there's kind of this mystery that as, as, you know, believers, what we believe is that someday we'll be in the seat of judgment with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know, like, you know, all the details of what that actually is going to look like, but that's what Paul's saying is like, can we practice now? Like, can we actually deal with each other when it's uncomfortable and when you don't want to? Yeah. Because someday, mysteriously, that is going to be part of our job. It's kind of exciting to think about. And like, what's that going to be like? We're going to judge the spirit realm and be part of that process. Again, that just blows me away as to how kind God is and how to to the extent that he's inviting us to participate as an heir in his his rule and reign Mm -hmm. and the kingdom of God as an heir to this. Mm. The scriptures keep going and it says, therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, do you ask for a ruling from those way of life is scorned in the church? Like, are you going to ask people Mm. for advice who have a completely different set of values in you? He says, I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there is nobody among you who is wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? Mm -hmm. But instead, one brother takes another to court and in front of other believers. And so one of the things Mm -hmm. that stands out to me here is Paul's, if I did translate this in my own words, please do. Don't air your dirty laundry in front of the whole world. Mm. And on one sense, he's not doing this to say, like, hide your sin. What he's saying is like, you have the capacity and the ability to deal with this in a biblical and a godly way. So just handle it. Because if you don't, you're going to misrepresent who God is and what God's all about. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the last couple of years, there's been a couple of documentaries that have come out with um, usually large mega churches that have fallen. Pastors have made bad decisions. Power has been corrupted. There's been sexual immorality in the place. And the world loves that. That's clickbait. Like, oh, another another Christian pastor who's super hip and muscular, you know, sleeping around. Let's let's see what happens here. Well, then if they're doing that, then therefore the Bible must be you know, unaffected and maybe this whole thing is not even true. And I think those are the underlying things here where it's like, we're not saying that if someone's doing something illegal, you call the authorities. What Paul is saying here is you're wise enough and have the capabilities to deal with this in a God honoring way. I think another like other vernacular that you can use is stand up when you need to stand up. Like Mm. we have, there's, I'm so blessed by Emmanuel Church and how there's many generations and we have elders and deacons that are standing up in the position that we need them to. I think that's one call out here that Paul's doing is, hey, is there no one wise among you? Where he's saying, there are people that are wise. Yeah. Stand up, please, for the good of the church, for the good of the message of the gospel. And will you please graciously and lovingly have cont- hard conversations about sin mm-hmm. instead of outsourcing this to a government that is scorned against the church? And so I think about really the picture that comes to my mind is like, have you ever been on an airplane where they're calling for, is there a doctor on board? Is there a nurse on board? Like, mm-hmm. is there someone on board? That's And that's Paul's call here is where he's saying, like, you have yeah. people. There are people there. Please, you, those people. You had to do that one time, didn't you? 
Because Bobby's <laughs> nursing background. Weren't we on a flight one time? We're like, we need a nurse. And w- you yeah. had to go help somebody. Yeah. It, wow. That was a long time ago. Was that pre-children? That was pre-children. Yeah. And they were ago, like, I don't even ago. know if they called for a doctor. <laughs> but they were just kind of, they kind of went down the line and they're like, okay, hey, like, is there, is there a nurse? Like, <laughs> and no one was getting up. And I just remember thinking like, I can't do a lot. But I mean, I can try to do something. And honestly, it ended up being something that was totally doable. A lady, I think, just hadn't eaten and kind of had passed out. And so I like helped just do her vital signs. And so that way they could document. Uh, Dr. Clark, can we have your opinion? uh, Rub some dirt on it. (laughs) You'll be all right. (laughs) Um, That's the picture. I feel like that percolates, though, as Paul's kind of saying here, Hmm. we need help. And there's there is people that can help. So stand up. And the onion continues to be peeled back layer after layer here's what paul says next in verse seven and eight the very fact that you have lawsuits among you means that you've been completely defeated already yeah now listen to what he says here because this is this is uh causes attention in a lot of our hearts he says why not rather be wronged yeah (sighs) why not rather be wronged why not rather be cheated instead you yourselves cheat and do wrong and Mm -hmm. you do this to your brothers and sisters yeah what Paul is saying here, he's saying, you think that it's better to go to court so that you can be right and you can win your lawsuit right. and you can get all that money so everyone can see, oh, you were right and they were wrong. Paul is saying here, when you look at Jesus, it's right. better to be cheated right. and it's better to be wronged than to make a bloody mess of the thing and drag it out. Mm-hmm. And that causes tension. Well, I think, you know, because at the time, there was so much dependent on social standing. Yeah. And so, I mean, our culture too, where it's like yeah. money was part of it, but it's also kind of this like hierarchy and power and patriarchal culture. And so to say, it's not about that. It's actually about um, loving one another and fighting for unity. Mm-hmm. And so even if maybe you take like the, the, you know, the black eye or maybe you take a loss, but you- um, The black eye or the loss? get socked yeah like you yeah. you take it in the chops yeah because you're willing to kind of take the high road for the community yeah you know that's kind yeah. of the question that paul's posing and he brings it back to jesus where he's saying like look mm-hmm. at the master what has he done what kind of life has he lived was he constantly bringing people yeah. to court was he constantly trying to vindicate the name of the father no because jesus was constantly inviting people into the yes. kingdom of god and that's <laughs> what paul says next he yeah. says do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of god mm-hmm. don't be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor the idolaters or adulterers mm-hmm. nor men who have sex with men nor thieves nor the greedy nor the drunkards nor the slanders nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god mm-hmm. paul is saying he listed <laughs> 10 different categories here yeah of sins he's saying if you are choosing to not repent and right. choosing to live in this, yes, he's questioning their position before the Lord, saying you're not in the kingdom. Right? Might we do some of those things? Have we done some of those things? Yes, we've sinned, we've made mistakes. Right. But the the heart of the Christian is one of again yes. humility and repentance. Going, I messed up. Yes. And God's like, it's okay. You're forgiven. Right. Come back to me. So what he's saying here is if someone's living in sin intentionally and not asking for repentance, greed or yep. sexual morality, whatever, mm-hmm. he's saying then 
we got a big problem on our hands. Yeah. And then the difference is in verse 11, and this is what some of you were. Oh, the good news. You, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our the spirit of our God. Hmm. So we have this amazing transforming work in the Holy Spirit because of who Jesus was and, and how he died and how he resurrected that we're able to enter into. And really this, when we, when we picture that, we've kind of used the word um, re-evangelize or re-surrender is something that comes back up. But when we picture that, who we were and then what Christ has done with us and, and how he has brought us forward, yeah. then that leads us to gratitude and that leads us back to repentance that leads us so that kind of this like progressive sanctification that mm -hmm. we have in it's Jesus a journey is possible because we walk in repentance it's not possible if we don't walk in repentance yeah. and that's what brings the repentance is what brings us back to the heart of the Lord to the heart of the father it's that the unwillingness to re to repent the pride the puffed mm -hmm. up the ego the arrogance that you know that we know our own tr our own way that we have the ability to save ourselves that drives us farther away and so really it's the the continual repentance and yeah. the continual invitation back into grace back into the way of Jesus from our community but ultimately from the Lord that keeps us near yeah. to him and so as Paul continues to elaborate on this conversation he makes it clear that there has been previous conversations because he quotes them he's like I have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial yeah. mm -hmm. I have the right to do anything you mm -hmm. say but I'll not be mastered by anything so the Corinthians were saying, I have the right mm. to do whatever I want because I'm in Christ now, meaning I can sleep with my father's wife. I can right. watch porn. I can go to the temple and be with prostitutes. I can yes. have sex before marriage. Mm. I can drink and eat whatever I want. And Paul is saying, no, just because the right. Corinthian law is legal, says this is permissible, it doesn't mean that's beneficial or mm. that it's okay. And so as you translate this to where we're at today, we're really not that much different. You know, people are shacking up before marriage to figure out if they're compatible. Some people sure, will say, like, more financially, this is yeah. a, a natural desire in my body. So yeah. why wouldn't I uh, allow my body to have what it is longing Isn't for? Isn't that how God designed? Isn't yeah. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you said, financial. Like it, yeah. it makes more financial sense to us cohabitate and not be married. And we're not for taxes be married, yes. Before mm -hmm. we get there. Um, we're going to get married eventually or it's not illegal. But again, Paul's saying just because the culture is promoting something, it doesn't mean that that's the way of God. Yes. He's saying reevaluate it through the lens of the Bible mm -hmm. and see what is the way of the Lord and is this helping you become the man and woman or boy and girl that God created you to be. Yeah. So that's what he's getting at there. So we're talking about kind of the law and courts, kind of Paul's going to continue talking about sexual morality, but it shifts to these desire, kind of like this talk about food and desires. I'm going yeah. to read that. You say food for the stomach. So again, this is like a rebuttal from the Corinthians and Paul, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual morality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So hmm. one argument that you just kind of brought up is like the, like our natural desires and how there's, you know, doesn't this make sense? Like the church in Corinth is saying that there's also this like, you know, the Greco-Roman, there's like different influences of the culture and the time specifically, who is it? The goddess or the temple that they would worship. Wasn't it the, the temple or the goddess of love? Like, Acrodite S. I'm know. pretty sure. Uh, Ephesus had um, Artemis. Um, I'm not sure who was in Corinth. Anyway, it's so curious though Aphrodite. because you can see how just like the Egyptian culture would infiltrate the Israelites back in the Old Testament, you see how at this time these specific places and that culture are infiltrating the new church. Where Paul's saying 
don't believe what they're telling you just because they're telling it. There, there's another line I've heard also that's like, don't even believe your own thoughts just because you're thinking them. And it's like, wow, that's really helpful, actually. Like, let me test them. And so Paul's saying, I think I want three donuts right Exactly. Now. So yeah. there's this innate desire that we have, you know, whether if it, whether it's, you know, Freud would say that there's we're all based on sexual desire, whether it's a desire you're saying for food and Paul's getting at that where where the call to walk with Jesus is actually a call to submit those and to live as a living sacrifice. Mm unto the Lord. So meaning, even though we have these desires, we we submit them and we sacrifice yeah. them unto the Lord Jesus Christ. What? I feel like you want to chime in. No, no, it's good because Paul transitions here and yeah. we're not going to read the rest of the verses specifically, but um, mm-hmm. he talks about how our bodies are united with the Lord and how, um, hmm. yeah. Yeah. So Bobby, you want to just look at like verses, you know, what is it? 15 and 17, 19, 20. Yeah. 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ itself? Okay. 17. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Yeah. 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God Mm. with your bodies. Yeah. So that language is huge. There's a there's a sacred y- unity yeah. here between you and the Lord and the Spirit in mm-hmm. your physical body, and that's where God's residing now. Yeah. And um, just as we wrap up, there's this theologian named Sam Alberry. He he's from I believe the UK, and uh, oh yeah, he, he's his ministry is very p- profound and powerful because he is a student of the Word. He understands scriptures very well, but he also has same sex attraction and mm-hmm. has used to live his life in, in celibacy and has considered this to be a great gift and has really been an advocate for the Bible and a biblical ethic. And he's got this illustration he uses, and he says when Mm. his friends come over for coffee or tea or whatever, they'll grab a spoon, and the spoon is by the salt and sugar or whatnot, but it's got a hole in it. And so they'll pick up the spoon, and they'll try to put the the sugar in or the creamer in their coffee or their tea, but because it has a hole in it, everything falls out. It doesn't work. And they're just baffled, like, they're trying to go faster, and it just doesn't work. And eventually, hmm. they say, what's up with this spoon, Sam? <laughs> yeah. And he explains that this spoon is specifically created for olives. It's an olive spoon. So if you dip that in to get an olive, the juice will drain out, right. but it leaves you with the olive. And he says, the designer of the spoon designed it for olives. It did not design that spoon for salt or sugar or creamer. Mm-hmm. And so he says, likewise, it is with our body. Our bodies were designed for sex and sexuality in specific ways as designed by God. And anytime yeah. we try to use them in different ways, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like you can try and you might get a little salt or sugar in there, but eventually it's going to break. The coffee's not going to taste good. Your body's right. going to give out. There's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. And so as we think about, you know, the, the biblical ethic, the sexual ethic, mm-hmm. the Bible is really clear. And there are things that will be um, natural to all of us, but it doesn't mean that they're beneficial and they're best. And so if we claim to be Christians, we submit those to the Lord and say, okay, God, give me the power and the strength by your spirit and have your way in my life. Because you know best. Because God knows best. Yeah. All right. So 1 Corinthians 6, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's go. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.